you know when you try to feed your dog a vegetable and they're not really into it? That's kind of like, why would I eat this? Like, th there's no appeal whatsoever. Okay, my next question, do you miss a good salad? No. There's something that switched over and there's something that switches over in your brain after your body is fully accustomed to it. So I think it's around the three-month mark where food no longer becomes entertainment. It becomes a bodily function. You're listening to Freedom Junkie Radio. Welcome back, Freedom Junkies, to more Freedom Junkie Radio, the podcast that brings more freedom into our lives. This is the second post in a series of the podcast I did with Jackie Baker. The first post was about rebelheartnetworking.com, which is her, uh, her network that she's creating for freedom-minded entrepreneurs and business owners to help market themselves through networking. This second part that I'm posting is about her carnivore diet that she's on. She has eaten nothing but meat for five years, and we talk about why she did it, what she eats, and how she feels. This is awesome. Enjoy. And real quick shout out to Chris's Coins on Slaughter Lane in Austin, Texas. It's krisscoins.com. If you're looking to get some gold and silver, some precious metals, Chris is your guy. He is awesome and he will give you the best deal he possibly can. Tell him that Betsy from Freedom Junkie Radio sent you and thank him for supporting the show. Here is The Meat Diet with Jackie Baker. Enjoy. Okay, so one of the things that I learned about you when we first met was this crazy thing that didn't seem so crazy because I had heard about it before, but I just, I didn't know anybody really did this for five years. You've eaten nothing but meat for five years. Because of health reasons, people need to understand it wasn't like you were some crazy person who was like, screw the vegans, I'm going to eat meat. You were having totally. health. Yeah, so tell us about yeah. it. So for 20 years, I had dealt with autoimmune issues. When my son, when my first son, Tobin, was born, I think he was nine months old and the doctors said that I probably will be dead before he turns three through autoimmune issues. Um, and in the back of my brain, I was like, hang on, this doesn't make sense. If my body's attacking itself, surely I could, that's me attacking myself. It never made sense. But for 20 years, I spent trying to manage my, my house through just crazy whack-a-mole stuff. I'd get like three, three months of good house and then I'd crash and I'd be sick for a month and you know and it, like before I came on carnivore I was like tried everything keto paleo you know and it, I, and I knew definitely that I was gluten intolerant and that gluten would inflame my brain and I couldn't really construct sentences and you know and I'd puff up and my face would be like the moon and so I knew that there was definitely inflammation and I was understanding it and I was keeping it at bay but if I had these flare-ups in Australia I would find it difficult to walk down the stairs in the mornings like it was debilitating um anyway so 
it was actually my husband Chris who's fit and healthy and he runs marathons and stuff he was like and he's always played with his diet he's always been diet curious he was actually and I he was like I'm going to try this carnival diet and so he did it for six months he lost probably 60 pounds or something I don't know what I mean. he lost a lot of weight it fell off him but he was saying that his cognitive powers were um, just, he just felt so clear and energized. Um, and so he said, do you think you should try it? You know, it might help. And by this stage, I'd heard like Jordan Peterson talk about his daughter's autoimmune issues going away and stuff. And so I thought I'd try it, but I found it so difficult because of the stigma around it. So it was like, my identity was caught up in food as we all are like celebrations and eating with each other. And it felt really weird to like think, hang on, vegetables are good for you. Like it just, there was so much cognitive dissonance. So I was just like, anyway, I, I decided that I'd try it for a month. In that month, the most profound thing happened that hardly anyone talks about when they are talking about carnival diet was that the negative self-talk in my head completely disappeared. I no longer had chatter and it was like no intrusive thoughts. It was just me and this calmness and I'd never experienced it before. It was like so, so relaxing out here wow it's like peaceful and so it was like hang on a minute that constant chatter and the churning thoughts and the repetitiveness just completely disappeared over within three months I was feeling like just complete and utter serenity and my cortisol levels weren't surging I was able to hold I just had this mental clarity that was just and and vitality I was springing out of bed and I could do things and you know it was like the physical the physicalness all the inflammation had gone um and but this mental calmness and clarity became so strong that it turned into a spiritual connection and I feel like that was that for me that's what happened that that's my most powerful thing about being on the carnival diet is the removal of the chatter becomes a quiet mind and a meditative space in order to tune okay. into your intuition. What do you think that is? Why do you think that, why do you think that's a thing? I, well, I can tell you my crazy ass reason. I just think that, Food is food is a drug, right? You know, like you can drink alcohol and you can eat cake and you can and and part of the food is creating different vibrations within your body, the way it makes you feel and the chemical reactions about it. And so I have this feeling, and this is just completely whack job idea, that the war against meat at the moment from the globalist is actually a war against God and people's ability to access true communion with God. Because when you remove the grains and all the all the noise and all the food that creates a, a, a resonance, and 
this is just for me, but this is why I think it's like they are persistent with their demonization of meat. And you have to think it's not just to starve people, although I'm pretty sure that's going to be one of the outcomes of removing large chunks of the food supply. There is a reason why they don't want people eating meat. And there is a correlation between people believing in God and their levels of meat eating because 50 years ago, America was eating a lot of meat and believing in a lot of God. And so, and I've got nothing to back that up. That's just I me. love your I love your whack job ideas. I love them. Okay, so yeah. what um what is it about grains? that causes people to go wacky minded and monkey mind and, and crazy. Okay. So you think about like I, for years I've joked that um, soy is the gateway drug to communism. Hmm. Right. Kind of just kind of, kind of, cause it always just seemed really weird that the largest populations in the world that have got, uh, you know, are uh, herded into into group think right and so it was always and so you've got to understand like for me it's like if you are using food as a way to um, remove the sovereignty and the and the the creation energy and the and the accessing because you're putting in something and I'm not, not even saying that it's like manipulative but something that is inflaming your and creating some sort of inflammation to where you are able to access your intuition, you are going to be able to control that group. Now, if you also start fueling them with things like sugar and highly processed food, that's going to create a resonance of fear and amplify their the their anxiety, yet again, you're going to be able to control them through, you know, programming and and media and whatnot and so and and if you can't hear you know like I love um the quote from the streets you're not the voices in your head you're not the voices in your head you're the one that listens to them right if people are getting bombarded with voices in their head and anxiety and intrusive thoughts they don't even know that they're the one listening to them. So if you start all of a sudden start removing all of that noise from your being and you start to be able to intuitively know who you are, and once you know who you are, you get to trust who you are, and once you get to trust who you are, you get to love who you are, and once you are in that strength and that core, core understanding of who you are, who you're not, is like it's so obvious and so you are able to discern truth and you're able to discern and your levels of discernment become so much more attuned and you're able to access your intuition and you and so then you're not really fuckwithable um you become sovereign and so i think the monkey mind and all of that you know it's a control mechanism okay, to but keep why is it that the grains and the legumes and the vegetables and the other why is it that that creates it what's your theory okay well, this is where you're pushing my this is where so i didn't come up with this theory this kind of aligns with me because i'm really into like aliens and stuff but we were once 
free range humans, right? We we were like we were we were like out there living in tribes, and then all of a sudden, about 10,000, 12,000 years ago, you know, something happened, and all around the world, we learned how to grow grains and farm them, and then all of a sudden, we became domestic animals. I believe that there was some other force, like maybe the Anunnaki, that came down and created genetically engineered sort of crops that helped create a diet where we were more easily controlled and be more easily become domesticated, aka put into slavery. Okay, and so, so kind of like we feed our domesticated animals. We feed our dogs, we yeah. feed cattle, we feed our chickens. They were feeding us. Well, I don't know who they are and that, but it does seem very suspect that when you remove grains from your diet, you you people are talking about their access to a spiritual realm and they are able to feel more sovereign in their being. A high meat diet nation will probably want to make choices for themselves and not be herded into an authoritarian governance. And so it is weird that then no one's got real, like their grains and farming and cultivation just kind of popped up. And then, and so I'm, I don't know if it's true or not, but if they are genetically modifying food now to, you know, corn that can make people's testosterone levels um, drop and they can do stuff with food now to be able to manipulate society. I don't know if there was a time when there was another, another technology, technological age where that became a thing I don't know I know that when I heard the hypotheses and I had experienced a clarity like I'd never and, and vitality that I'd never experienced before I was like well it'd be interesting if someone did figure it out I don't know so, so yeah eat any vegetables at all I don't I like I like I like it's coming up to Christmas it's my son's birthday today I'll make a gluten-free cake for his birthday. Like, I'm not religious about it. I'm not dogmatic in it. Um, I just know that I will probably not feel as great as what I would if I didn't. I don't eat vegetables off, like, they stay. You know when you try to feed your dog a vegetable and they're not really into it? That's kind of like, why would I eat this? Like, th there's no appeal whatsoever. That was my next question. Do you miss a good salad? No. There's something that switched over and there's something that switches over in your brain after your body is fully accustomed to it. So I think it's around the three-month mark where food no longer becomes entertainment. It becomes a bodily function. Okay. So what do you eat for breakfast? Okay, so I ate lamb for breakfast, um, being a Kiwi girl, I ate lamb for breakfast. I will usually eat either ground beef and bacon for lunch or maybe some um, chicken for lunch, and then I'll eat a ribeye for dinner. Um, and then if I have a snack, it's usually salami or jerky. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I love trying things out and I love being my own guinea pig. And I've known you now for probably a year and I've known your story and I haven't tried it. I think we, we sat That's, down. 
It's World Carnival Month on the 1st of January. So maybe that would be a good time to try it because there's a lot of information around there. And you have to understand that it's it, it's quite hard. The first three weeks are really hard. Okay. Well, we're, I probably don't want to be traveling if we're in, in, in holidays and family and stuff when we try it out. <laughs> I don't want to be home. And like yeah. you said, you got to be sure you're finding clean meat. And I'm sure you are such a conscious, loving person that I know you want to have meat that's been consciously cared for and slaughtered as well. So yeah, but I'm also like, I will happily just go to HEB and buy some organic meat. You know, like I, I try my best, but if we're on a road trip, I'm buying like a, a warmer preheated beef dinner like I'm not like I will I will I'm not religious about it and there's a lot of studies that say you know like if you can't eat organic grass-fed you know but I'm pretty I don't want anything with antibiotics in them and that kind of stuff but you know it's um a rotisserie chicken from a supermarket when you're on a road trip is you know it's pretty yum (laughs) okay so what do you order when you go out to a restaurant Okay, so most restaurants, well, A, I'll try and just go to a barbecue place because that's the joy of Texas and eat barbecue. Um, if I, I'll go, like a lot of restaurants now will have proteins for their salads. So I'll just I'll just order the protein. So I'll go, I'll, I'll just have the side of chicken and the side of bacon or something like that. So most... Um, and if we're going out to a restaurant, like we'll eat, there's lots of good meat restaurants in Austin, but I will happily just go order a steak without the sides. So it's not cheap. You're talking, this is money you're spending. Because steaks aren't cheap. Steak, steak's doubled since we've been in this country. So like there's a serious meat inflation problem that well, we should we, be talking we about. We can't eat a steak out because my husband literally makes the best steak. I, you've eaten it. You make, we we wouldn't eat a steak out either because our steaks are so much better than a bought steak, you know, like so. But our, I don't think it's that much difference as far as um, your your grocery bills go because you are eating so much less um, because you just, you because there's that thing called the meat wall. All right, so if you're eating meat, you will naturally hit a wall and your body won't let you eat any anymore. You just won't. So you you naturally portion control. Okay. Um, but say if you are like cooking delicious potatoes and beans and there's a bowl of chips and you're social and your brain's not going to turn off or you might feel hungry, you know, 20 minutes later and stuff because it's not nutrient dense, you end up, you end up buying a lot more food. Like I am sure that our food bill went down considerably. Well, and I can also see why you lose weight because you're just, you can only eat meat and all the filler with all the extra calories, all the breads and the rices, the grains mainly that, that, you know, and the mayonnaises and all that stuff. You're not doing that. Totally. And there's, you know, like, like I, I, I have a sugar-free barbecue sauce on, you know, like I'm not, I'm not religious about it. 
Um, but yeah, it's all the extra stuff. And I do believe that the more processed the food is, regardless of how clean it is, something about its vibration creates disharmony in your body. Like, and so I think, you know, I look at my grandparents and they lived to like, they were like 97 or something and they grew their own vegetables. They had meat and three veg meat and three veg every meal for their <laughs> dinners. You know, they they drank, they smoked, but they still lived into their nineties because they weren't eating like mass produced food. It was very humble food. And so, you know, I'm not saying that I I know a lot of healthy vegans and they've got clarity and they've got spiritual connection to God. I'm not saying that this is the only way to eat. I just know that. It's, it's worked for me and it's worked for a lot of other people, especially around inflammation and and healing the gut. Um, but yeah, the price of it, you can eat, you can, you could eat ground beef and and like I'm sure you there's I'm sure there's people out there on the internet that are, are like, you know, spending ten dollars a day to 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 eat a carnival meal, like or a you, carnival lifestyle. You season your ground beef. You're using salt and pepper and cumin and no, no, no. I just use so we just use salt. I don't use pepper because pepper's not good for people with gluten intolerance. So pepper's definitely not something that I I participate in. Um so yeah, it's usually just salt. Wow. I, will I just made up a huge parcel, huge parcel of taco seasoning that I'm giving to people for Christmas because my taco seasoning is so good. I use organic cumin and garlic salt and onion salt. And so if I'm eating the carnivore diet, I'm going to want my taco seasoning on my... Oh, it's, you can do it, but I would, I you know, you've got it, but... I know like for me personally, because I've got such crazy food sensitivities, like I can't even eat slow cooked lamb without getting a histamine reaction. Like I am so already in such a, a small confined place of like where I can eat that it's just easier for me to eat a super bland diet um, because I know that I'm not going to, have issues with it but you know it, this is do what this is like do what you want but you know and there's different like some people are like carnival diets like 90 percent meat with a little bit of salad you know it's it's really looking at it from I think if you're trying to what the goals are and how to optimize it okay I just had to remember but you're going to be on the front lines fighting against the c40 cities of the uh, the global agenda for 2030 where people don't eat meat anymore. You're going to be like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that this is why I need Rebel Heart to, like, succeed so that all the meat eaters have got a secret network of, like, meat distribution that don't, don't, go, don't go on our social credit score and we can barter for it. You know, like, it concerns me the war against meat and it concerns me that their optics, you know, like MasterCard and that are already looking at people's um, grocery bills to be able to see if they are eating too much meat and that kind of stuff. So it's only going to take a swing to for them to say, 
you've had your meat limit or your card don't doesn't work. Right. You said limit. someone they're already doing that somewhere. They're testing it somewhere. They're looking at people's grocery bills to understand the where they they can optimize their carbon footprint and put up warnings that if you've spent too much money on the wrong food which we know is going to be made something we really need to get people to be aware of is that uh carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is a really good thing we actually need more of it so i just saw that they were saying that humans are producing too much carbon dioxide now and that is a problem for the environment Yeah, carbon dioxide is a tiny, 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 tiny. It's like 0.04% of our atmosphere. And when it goes up, we have bigger trees, more trees, happier trees, bigger animals because there's more vegetables. Like this idea that we need to cut down on carbon, it would kill, it would kill everything on the planet. So well, it's it's the replacement of religion, right? You know, like organized religion was able to, there was a boogeyman and you'd go to hell and you could. You know, and this is this it's that's transposed. So now there's an orthodoxy around do you want to kill Mother Earth and you're gonna sin if you do the things that we don't want you to do, and we've got the solutions so that you can redeem yourself. And so the the climate hoax is really all about control and they're using religious principles for a non-religious society to be able to to usher in their control. I mean, I know about the religion of statism, but I had never thought about the the climate control and what they're doing to people as in a religious sense, like you just so beautifully articulated it. Yeah. You're a sinner yeah. if, you, if you drive a car or take an airplane or have too many clothes or eat meat, but here's yeah. how you can redeem yourself and be a good, oh, oh, wow. I hadn't ever put that together. Yeah, and and it's the, it's the you know, like, there's the gatekeepers that are telling the minions or the people what the solutions are. So they've got the access to the knowledge and the gods. And it's the white coats that are in a religious uniform that are the ones predicting and telling you what the what's happening with the climate. And so, and it's this thing that's so nebulous in the sense that it's that you're gonna kill the place where you live, you know, like that's a pretty heavy sin um and so yeah so when you realize you know that it is just religion masking as science and not good you know like orthodoxy to control the masses you start to really start looking at the reasons why you know why you would why you would be villainizing a lot of the the aspects that they are villainizing. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. And the idea that we're being controlled through our food, that our thoughts are potentially being controlled as well. Well, well you know, like, cause you know what it's like, I know that you don't drink, but you know what you're like when you would drink, how at all, you know, that if you eat something and then you, you can potentially, you know, like it, it, you know that the little pills that everyone are on in the pharmaceutical industrial complex, they're so small, yet they can make such a big difference to people's personalities. Food, you're taking cups of it, you know, it's a lot to ingest. It's going to change the way that you change you. So, yeah. Wow. 
Oh, so much. Yeah. It's so much fun. Jackie, this has been so much fun. This is, I think this is the longest interview I've had yet. I think one Sorry. of my, <laughs> no, no, it's Sorry. wonderful. It's wonderful. I just, you know, I drink this giant mug of tea. Hey, speaking of that, whose artwork is it? You know who's that? That's Zan. That's Zan. Oh, yeah. Oh. Be happy. It drives people crazy. Oh, I love Zan. Zan's like just one of the best humans ever. All right. So we're going to tell everybody that's where for Christmas you can buy these mugs that be happy. It makes drives people crazy. She's got a bunch of them on Etsy. I'll, 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 uh, no, put, it, put the link below. Yeah, that's what I've been doing because I've been drinking out of them every time. We happen to both know Zan. She's a wonderful, uh, just a wonderful soul on this planet. Yeah, she is. Just the most radiant. Yeah, so I drink that giant thing and then it's like eventually I do have to go to the bathroom. I'm human. And um, so, but um, I did I did a really long interview early on with Dale Pond. We went about an hour 40. And I don't know if people listen this long. I have no idea. If you're if you listened this far, will you leave a comment, please, and say, I listened right. to the whole thing because I'm so curious. I don't know how far people listen. And what's it? Yeah. <laughs> the interest, the the conversations tend to get more and more and more and more interesting. We tend to find that's the way my podcasts have been. The first 20 or 30 minutes typically is, I think it's the most important thing. It's what I was asking about. It's for you. I thought about it. I was like, I think I want to have an introduction of your story from Australia and New Zealand and how you got here so that people have an idea of who is talking to them. But then what really? I wanted to get to was Rebel Heart. And I didn't know that our discussion here about the carnivore diet was going to be so fascinating. And it's weird. I so I'm <laughs> I may have just undone all the work that I was trying to do about Rebel Heart by saying that I think maybe some alien race created, you know, civilization <laughs> to domesticate us. It's it's pretty fringe. So, you know, take it with a it's just an idea that I think is fun, but it's not necessarily true. Oh, we don't know. I've never I can't tell you if aliens are real or not. I don't see why they wouldn't be. Uh, it makes yeah. sense to me that they wouldn't be. I have never been visited. I don't I can't say I, you know, I, I have though, I, I have on. And so, you know, this that's for another time. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that people who, the, the people I've noticed that are freedom people have a pretty open mind and are willing to accept the fact either a, that they don't know everything obviously, or that when someone else has a differing opinion about something or a differing idea, that's fine. How could we possibly all think the same? Why would we wouldn't want to? I think totally. Well, my whole spiritual awakening came from the idea that I didn't have to think the same thoughts as my husband or the people around me. And then I realized that a lot of my thoughts were were like part of this identity that had come through programming, through social, you know, what my parents, I needed to be for my parents. And, you know, and so there were all these layers that had creating this idea of my identity and then I wanted to shake them all off. And then I was like, well, what would I want to rebuild with? I was like, well, I was fascinated with aliens as a kid. I'm going to get back onto that because that just delighted me. And so, you know, it was like, I don't care if they're real or not. It, I find the whole idea of lost histories and that so fascinating. And especially when you see the narrative and the media being used 
as a tool to write history. Like I think all the lies that mainstream media now project out aren't for the people that are living in this time, it's for the people in the future so they can create the evidence to, to tell a new story based on how they want programming of the future to happen. And so now I'm even more dubious about that would make me want to suggest especially to young people but old people too all of us we should be journaling in real journals with real pens and paper because that's going to be accurate documentation of someone's experience during this time that couldn't be um manipulated because anything that's online i think they can manipulate and change so true. And it's the so important that you like you are out here doing podcasts with freedom people, you know, where you're hearing what people, actual real people are saying and thinking in their little piece of the world. Like that is so amazing to be able to have that documented for people because they, I believe there will be a time when they look back and try to find the evidence for what actually happened in this time frame. And you'll, wow. they'll be digging up, listening to the Freedom Junkies podcast. Well, we got to go back and listen to all of them because these were real yeah. people talking. It wasn't manipulated by the the powers. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, totally. So amazing. Well, I'm sure we should probably wrap this up. It's yeah, it's hilarious. I think we're going on two hours here. It's awesome. Not quite. We didn't make it. We didn't make it to the two hour mark. Yeah. We certainly could. And I just am absolutely fascinated by the way you think and what you're doing. And I, I think that your authenticity is going to make people, I don't think you have to worry about people going, oh, that lady's crazy. She only eats meat and thinks maybe aliens started. <laughs> so I'm not going to join the Rebel Heart Network. I think, no, yeah, I think your authenticity is such that people go, oh, I I get it, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. And I think most freedom loving people are curious by nature because that's how they've drawn their own conclusions by being curious and so you know I'm and I'm not dogmatic so you're asking about what happens if a couple want to join and stuff like that we've come from an authoritarian mindset where everybody has to follow the rules and do everything the same thing now it's time for us to blow that wide open and start creating our own realities and finding the rules that make us thrive. And so, you know, I, I hope to be able to bring some of that into Rebel Heart while still having it structured where everyone gets to do that. But yeah, we're here to play. Yeah, we're here to play. We're here to play. Okay. Well, is there anything else you'd leave us with? Hmm. Just if you're going to do carnivore, just know that there's going to be there's bacterial die off. And so you're going to have like, after the third day, you're probably going to have like diarrhea. And then that, that, and then at day 10, you're probably going to have diarrhea again. And then at day 21, you're probably going. So there's a lot of poops. Okay. So what's happening? What? The bacterial die off. What's the, that? The, the, the bacterial die off is, well, it feeds on sugar, right? So all the echinidia and all the bacteria which has been proven that that will make you eat sugar if they need it they will actually take over your brain and tell you to eat food and so you have to know that there's a whole war going on in your stomach around your um, bacteria that will try and trick you into breaking the diet make you have keto flu and aches and pains and so you have to be aware that in that time 
you're going to have pretty strong cravings. Your body's going to ache because as the bacteria dies off, it's going to make you be inflamed and you're going to feel like shit. Um, and so there's, from from my experience, day three, day 10, day 21 is kind of like where all that stuff happens. And so you really want to hydrate. You really want to take lots of electrolytes. And you really want to just know that by within a month, things are back to being great, even better than before. But there's some hard, there's some hard transitions. Okay, very good to know. I think I'd probably read a few articles, mm -hmm. but I think we'll probably give it a try. My husband would love it. He would, he would sure, be. Surely, you know, he loves meat. He loves meat, right? He could be like, "All right, brisket, it is brisket for breakfast, brisket for lunch." Brisket. I drink a lot of bone broth. You know, I have bone broth for breakfast as well because okay. your brain, your brain runs on fat, and so it's good to start the day with like a head of fat. So awesome. Instead of, but I still drink coffee because coffee is awesome. So you do. You okay. Do. Well, now. Okay. All right. Well, till we meet again, Jackie, also known as Jax, Jackie Baker. And I want to give a shout out to Chris's coins again in South Austin, Chris coins, K-R-I-S coins.com. Go visit him, get your gold and silver there. Tell him Betsy from Freedom Junkie Radio sent you and thank him for sponsoring the show. Jackie, thanks again for coming on. I'm so happy we did this and uh, all right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Till we meet again. See you later. Ciao, Freedom Junkies. Till next time. So Freedom Junkies, if you've been enjoying this podcast with Jackie Baker, just so you know, I will be posting the podcast in its entirety. It's quite long. It's almost two hours. So I've already posted the part about Rebel Heart Network, and now I've posted the part about the carnivore diet. We will be discussing her her views on gun ownership, which is very interesting. That just happens to be the first topic we talked about. And then her escape from Australia and everything else in its entirety that will be posted here in a bit. So thanks for supporting Freedom Junkie Radio. You can go to the website and sign up for my very infrequent newsletter, which I do send out from time to time, my musings, my blog, and you can go to freedomjunkieradio.com and do that. It's also great if you comment on these videos on YouTube or Rumble. It helps with the algorithm there. It would be great for us to reach more people. If you have any suggestions as to someone that you'd like to have me interview, I'm always available for that too. You can get Freedom Junkie Radio t-shirts and just all kinds of great stuff to help support and promote the show. So thanks a lot for being here and we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody out there for supporting the show, for letting me know that you listen and like it. It means the world and we're doing this together. Ciao for now. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a